What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2, another week. What's good, cuz? I feel like we're rolling, see? We are yeah. rolling, man. We have been. We have been. We've been in a good spot. We, we had Reggie Miller last week, which you guys haven't heard that podcast. Make sure to go back and listen. Reggie was great, man. Like, he I was. I knew Reggie would be great, but he was even better than I thought he would be. And, and I've been seeing them damn Wendy's commercials everywhere. And now <laughs> I, it, they make me laugh even more now, knowing like the backstory and knowing like it's kind of all him, like doing the ad libs. Like, it's pretty cool to see. Very cool. Very cool. And I love that he shouted out all the actors. And you know what's crazy? I'm, I was about to say that. I'm looking for the actor, to, the same the girl that he said has done the last four years with. I'm trying to yeah. figure out which one that is. So it's pretty cool to have like have him on the pod and then, you know, see the commercials right away and, and you know, get a reaction. It's pretty cool. Really cool. And uh, this week, see, we get to chat with the newest offensive weapon for the New York Giants. Darren Waller, really excited about this conversation, man. Bro, this might change the trajectory of Daniel Jones' career, the fucking Giants franchise. Everything is going to change when this guy shows up in the Giants facility, bro. I've been watching him the last three or four years, whatever it's been, in in in, uh, in Vegas, and uh, he's something special, man. So you guys got a good one. I'm excited for him. So just days after being dealt from Seas Raiders – to my Giants, here we have Darren Waller making his R2C2 debut. So, see, I just first want to say sorry because my team took away a key piece of your team. You see, Darren, I'm a Giants fan. So, what C lost... I gained. So welcome to Big Blue, man. It is great to have you. Oh, thanks, man. I'm uh, excited to be a part of it. Um, my dad is a lifelong Giants fan, too. So to uh, to be there and I brought him up to the facility with me when I went up there and met everybody and just seeing his reaction, and everything like that's like amazing to me because I watched all the games when I was a kid with him from. I remember, oh, man, he probably killed me for uh, sharing this. <laughs> But um, the Giants played the Ravens in the Super Bowl in like 2000. They got yep. destroyed. But destroyed. My dad was painting the house. He was up on this like ladder really high up. And he was about to come down and get ready to watch the game. And he missed a rung on the ladder and fell and like broke his arm really bad. And had to watch the game like in the hospital. So I remember moments like that. But just like. Oh, no. That's a crazy story, man. On TV, like just countless <laughs> moments of him like yelling, screaming, like just being passionate. So um, that's. I'm excited to be a part of it, mainly because of that. That's a crazy story, and two teams that you like you playing for about to play for the Giants, and you play for the, like got drafted by the Ravens. So that's like a yes, crazy, that's, that's a crazy, circle. right? That's insane. insane I, I told Ryan, I said, I think you showing up here in in New York is going to change the trajectory of the Giants. I think it's going to change Daniel Jones's career. I think it's going to change the offense. I think it's going to change everything about what the Giants have been the last couple of years. So um, as much as it hurts me to see you leave Vegas, I'm excited for you to come here and, and, and uh, show out in New York. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. It'd be uh, I love Vegas, man. Love living here. Love being a part of the Raiders, but um, I'm, I'm done questioning God, man. He's always come through. He's always uh, made a way and provided opportunities for me to continue to elevate. So uh, I'm just going to embrace it and, and uh, get excited about it. What was your, initial impressions of the organization the giants that is darren just going and taking your visit um i feel like everything that people say about them being the flagship organization being a family environment um 
all those things it was just apparent from the jump um meeting uh, john mara meeting joe the gm meeting daves um all the coaches on staff just the people in the building you could tell how much they get along with each other and how important uh, a good family culture and people being supported is there and it's just like from the jump you walk in and it's it's just very refreshing um to know that and to feel that so um i feel like just the reputation that they have was noticed by me on one day of being there that's what we like to hear make you feel welcome <laughs> right away how, how about the team itself darren because the giants obviously exceeded expectations by leaps and bounds of everyone's wildest imaginations this past season and you look at it and you say okay we know daniel jones is back we know saquon's back add you a lot of defensive talent on this team, some talent on both lines. How do you assess this Giants team you're walking into and what might be possible for you guys? Um, I mean, yeah, you see there's talent across the board, talent in the trenches. Um, you know, there's talent at skill positions. There's, you know, they, I think they have like 10 picks in the draft that they could do whatever they want, whether it's move up or leverage. I don't know their strategy. I'm, I'm new here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they could do whatever they want to add to such an already talented group and uh, a confident quarterback that's playing the best he's ever played. And, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley back in his bag and uh, guys like Sterling Shepard. So it's you could go on for days about the talent that there are at so many different positions. So I'm excited to add to the mix and hopefully – be a piece that helps uh this continue to go to another level and uh you know for for you know for the giants i mean for us i feel like the ultimate goal is first winning the division because i think was it 20 something years in a row where the division winner has been different yeah so it's, it's, cool. uh, it's wild so it's just just starting there uh you know people are always like man it's well this super bowl but it's just like you know for me it's like you set yourself up for things like that with the small goals with the with the goals that's like okay that's what gets you in that's what gets you a home playoff game and then you you go from there and just uh continue to handle moments continue to handle series and plays i just try to keep things as simple as possible man that that's dope i think uh like sterling Shepard before he got hurt i thought he was gonna have a huge year so having him back healthy with you and saquon like you said back in his bag i think it's just gonna help i, I call him vanilla vic i think vanilla vic is gonna be <laughs> he's gonna be the man now i'm right, telling you yeah. just with so many weapons but i want to ask about the trade, like, did you, where were you when you found out about the trade? Did you have any clue that you were going to get traded? And like, what was your initial reaction? Um, so when I found out this was, so for context, I got back from my honeymoon Monday night at like eight o'clock and the next morning I went to go see my physical therapist at like 10. As soon as it's wrapping up, I'm in there talking to him because he's one of my good friends too. And uh, my phone's vibrating. Usually I'm like, I'll get it later. But then someone told me, like, you know, like, look at it. And it was uh, Dave, our, the Raiders GM. And he called me and was like, hey, man, like, just want to update you on some information. Uh, it's going to come out pretty soon, but we're trading you to the Giants. And uh, so we talked for a few minutes and, uh, you know, talked about how, like, you know, wish we could have last year could have uh, been what, you know, the last few games was as far as like, me being out there and just being confident and having fun and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a total shock because I mean, I was uh, hearing things about me being on the block since, uh, since uh, Josh and Dave showed up. So um, wow. it was kind of just a, a little bit of a roller coaster with that mentally during the season. Um, so it, once they said that, I was like, I wasn't totally shocked, but um, 
but it was like out of nowhere. And it's like, you know, you come back and it's like, all right, me and my wife, our first night, you know, living together <laughs> the next day. It's like, yeah, you're moving, you're going as far across the country as you could possibly go. Yeah. And, uh, let's go about doing that. So, uh, it was, it was a bit of a surprise in, in the timing of it in that sense. And, uh, you know, just feeling like, like from what they told me of being in their plans going forward. But I mean, that's just the, the nature of the business. You don't take those things personally. They're trying their best to build what they think is the right thing. And I feel like they have what it takes to to do that. And uh, now I'm just focused on being a part of my new group. But but you said you heard that you had heard those, you know, uh, when when Dave and uh, Josh had showed up. How was that like? It's got to be hard going out during the season. If you heard that you may get traded like to play for that team. How was that going through last last year? Um, yeah, it took a lot of intentionality to um, not operate and show up out of uh, emotion or, you know, harbor resentment um, and just more so. I feel like it was just lessons from God for me to uh, be confident in myself and to um, approve of myself before the people around me do, because I was always, you know, depending on other people's approval for most of my life. And I feel like last year was a lesson in that. You know, you hear reports here, you hear certain things about, you know, it was Green Bay at times, it was Miami at times, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but, you know, it, it really helped me and taught me how to focus amidst all that, if there being noise and and still, you know, even amidst that, try to build relationships with those people, build relationships with the head coach, build relationships with the GM and, you know, not isolate myself, not, um, you know, remove myself from the social setting of the team and, and just, and being a part of that, knowing that, you know, just approaching it from a standpoint of I'm going to be a team player everywhere that I go and try to be the best teammate I can be, the best presence and have the best energy, regardless of what, what other people are doing. I can control like my energy and my attitude. So just trying to focus on those things. Listening to you so self-aware and having such a broader awareness of other people's goals and and what they're angling for or their job descriptions are. It just tells me you've clearly done a lot of work on yourself. Mm-hmm. What, Darren, I, and I want to dive back into your honeymoon being rudely um, because you know, <laughs> uh, you know I, I love your wife. She's fantastic. Kelsey is awesome. And I broadcast WNBA games. So I've gotten to know her over the years. Yep. Um, but what, what, do you, what's the, what are kind of the pillars of that awareness that you have, Darren? What work did you do? to get to that place where you're able to have uh, a really, you know, conscientious approach just to your daily life, it seems, and being aware of what other people's priorities are as well. I honestly, I always say as much as I can, like, I can't take too much credit for that. I kind of had to get forced into a position back into a corner in my life to where I had no choice but to become self-aware. And, um, you know, started with like, you know, substances and all that. And um, once, you know, I got sober, it really just opened the door for me to begin the work of just dealing with myself as I am, how I think, um, how I process things emotionally. Um, and it started from there, going to rehab, um, learning how to learn meditation uh, from when I was in, in rehab and uh, having the effects of that helped help me to approach things from a balanced state. Um, journaling, just word vomiting on paper as much as possible, because I feel like writing is a uh, a big part of not only my creative expression, but just expression in general. Um, one-on-one therapy, 
group therapy, just being in uncomfortable environments to where I have to talk about these things and knowing that if I don't talk about these things, I'm just going to continue to have the same habits, be frustrated, be irritable, be uh, envious and jealous of other people. So it's just like stepping into these uncomfortable environments to where I have to speak and have to share. And, uh, you know, as you do that and go along and continue to make that a part of your daily life, it's just those weights start to drop off you more and more. But um, it was really just uh, 12 step meetings. That's what's really had me on this path because it just forces you to look at yourself and uh, and puts you on a spiritual path and uh, doing everything you can on a day to day basis to uh, lean on a higher power, which is, you know, I'm always saying God, but to other people, you just come more empathetic of other people's spiritual walks and things mm. like that. So it's just like what works for me and allows me to go about my life on a day to day and just not have a perspective of uh, self-centeredness. Uh, Cece and I were actually talking about this on my podcast yesterday, mm-hmm. just like how easy it is to be. And then just through drinking and using like how much you just pour gasoline on the fire that is selfishness and self-centeredness. Mm. It's just easy to be that way. But, you know, my life has been deconstructing that and trying to be of service. That's why you see me trying to do so much with my foundation and helping other people. It's like, I enjoy doing it, but at the same time, it's like, I need those things to counteract the self-centeredness and selfishness that is in my mind because uh, it will be that way. That's my default if I don't do something about it. It's a really awesome answer, Darren. And I know since you just mentioned the foundation, Darren Waller Foundation, the mission is to equip youth to avoid and overcome addiction to drugs and alcohol and provide recovery services. Um, And your podcast, you mentioned the Comeback Stories podcast, which you recorded with CC yesterday. When you think about your foundation work, what stands out most to you? What are you most proud of? What what are sort of the most, um, you know, forefront agendas that you guys are working through right now? Um, Probably the thing I'm most proud of is, uh, well, for context, I, uh, when I went to rehab, it was offered to me freely by the NFL and uh, it was a life-changing experience for me. So part of me wanting to be of service was like, I want to be able to pass that gift to somebody else. And we've sent um, 50 people through um, like 30 day treatment programs through the foundation. And now we've expanded upon that with, um, you know, relationships I built in the, in Vegas to where there's a, you know, there's sober living communities for them to go into for aftercare. So it's not just like the 30 day spin cycle. It's like yeah. 30 days in rehab work for me, but that's not the norm for, yeah. for most people to, you know, change their lives and can stay consistent in that change. So it's just having them to be in a sober living environment to where it's, they can continue to, you know, develop job skills or, you know, just find out how they can, you know, have an impact on the world, no matter how big or small it may be. So, um, being able to have those additions to it, um, that's, that's the big thing, you know, and then just continuing to think of what else can we do? Like, is it opening our own, um, treatment centers and, you know, putting our own programs and protocols in place. So, um, but yeah, I'm really most proud of being able to have those scholarships for those people and to actually meet those people. Yeah. Um, I've met a few of them. Uh, I'll go to uh, 12 step meetings and there'll be young dudes in there that are like, Hey man, like, uh, thank you. Like I'm on the Darren Waller scholarship and it's really changing my life. And it's just like, Whoa, like it's just hard to even fathom that. It's like, wow, like that it's, it's become full circle like this, but, uh, you know, just trying to keep, uh, those people in mind. And, uh, as I go about serving and what I want to do. 
Man, that that's huge that you have that you're thinking about people after rehab because that was like when I came out of rehab, that was the biggest thing I was nervous about entering my back into my environment. You know, obviously, you know, our situations being the same, like we couldn't change our friend group. Like we got teammates, you're gonna be traveling, you're gonna be on the plane, like all these different things. But I think some people when they come out of rehab need to be around other sober people and see other people doing the right thing. So if you can put them in those situations, that's that's amazing. Cause that's the one thing that I was nervous about coming out of rehab was like, I enjoy, this is crazy, but I enjoyed my 30 days of rehab and like working on myself and like having that time to myself and not worried about my phone and not worried about anything in the outside world. But then when you have to reacclimate yourself back into your family or, or into society, it gets a little, it gets a little uh, scary. So to have those sober communities is huge. Yeah, no, I can relate to that too. Cause I was, I remember when I was leaving rehab, I was like, I don't want to leave here. Like, right. This has, been, this, has been, this has been amazing. It's safe. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, there, there's almost a high from that, like being able to like, cause it's like your first time prioritizing yourself and, and being honest and being vulnerable and you're seeing the change and you're feeling all the weights fall off of you. And it's like, I don't want to leave this place. And, uh, but you can't stay in that, uh, in that place to where you're just like, you know, everything is tailored to you. You got to go back into the world in order to, leave your legacy and it's like i remember a coach said uh you know you don't rise to the level of the occasion you fall to the level of your training and your habits hmm. and um so it's you know at the end of the day it's like those aftercare moments those continuing that plan continuing that progress continuing to get reps in your recovery or whatever it may be it's like that's what's going to help you in moments where you may want to go back to what you did before but it's like you now have the foundation in place to go to those new habits that you've created so that's the importance of allowing people to have extended time because you know you can't expect people to just get it right right away yeah that is such awesome perspective and i know darren you and cc talks a lot about it on your podcast as well so people who are listening to this conversation make sure to check that one out um how uh, how's Kelsey handling the trade, Darren? Because I loved her tweet about Josh McDaniels. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean she she's just funny like that, man. Like yeah. she, she she jokes like that. She'll uh, that's just her personality, and I love her for that. So I I don't feel any type of way about her saying that. But um, she's been extremely supportive. Um, you know, we've had moments to where you know to be transparent. There's times where I was like, I don't know. I feel like this might be in my this might be my last season. You know, like yeah. It's like, I don't really feel like I'm having that much fun playing and uh, I like doing other things a lot. And, um, but you know, I still feel like there's a lot left in the tank for me and she wants me to be able to see my, you know, truest potential in the game while I still have the opportunity. And I feel like this is a, a you know, kind of a guy moment of him saying like, no, you're not, you're not done yet. There's a lot more to be done here. And, um, and she's been really supportive of that. And she's like, we're going to make it work. Like, I'll, I'll be in New Jersey once my season ends and uh, we just make the most of it. And uh, so it's been really cool. And it's been allowing me to just take a deep breath because it's like, man, like I'm newly married, but now I got to move across the country and yeah. you know, or go yeah. perform out there. So it's like the level of stress that can set in. So for her to be in such support of it is uh, it's it's been extremely helpful. That that's amazing to have a partner that understands and and can be that you know uh, empathetic to what you have going on. Like, you know, like when you said you know like to being transparent, this this you know feels like could be my last year. 
after 2017, I wanted to retire. Like I was done. And my wife was like, nah, you're not done. You know what I'm saying? Like in the moment right now, you might be done, but like to have her and have that support and have that person in my corner, it just, you know, it, it got me through my next two years. So that's amazing that you have that in Kelsey already and, and you can lean on her. Um, and I mean, it's, you know, kind of a difficult time right away in the, in, you know, first couple of weeks of the marriage. Right. Yeah. She, um, she just adds a, a different uh, perspective and, uh, you know, can see in the blind spots or where I may be just, you know, emotionally like over something. And but she's like, nah, like we, we, we sticking with it, you know, and, and it's great to have somebody that's on a similar like spiritual type path that's trying to see things from that lens. What about, you know, we had Dansby Swanson uh, uh, on recently. Um, oh, his episode will release next week for our audience, but we just recorded with him before the start of the season. And he talks about it, the way he's married to Mallory was Pew, now Mallory Swanson, U.S. women's soccer star. And he talked about the way like them both playing sports too helps you know, them perform, helps them within their careers, helps them manage the emotions of the ride. How about that, Darren? I mean, how helpful is it to have your spouse be someone who is an outstanding athlete herself? Um, yeah, it's, you know, you just feel understood. Um, and even when it comes to things like, like long days or you're traveling to go do marketing things or business things, and it's like, she understands she's not going to be like, begging you or needing you to um give her like reassurance that you're thinking about her or like you know like to be all over her like she is confident in herself you know one of the things that was very attractive about her was like she didn't need she didn't need me you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah you no know, i always you know to 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 make myself feel better i would go after women that would make me feel better about myself and that would always be there and that you know I could treat it any type of way, but something that was very attractive about her was like, she doesn't need me. She's very confident in herself. And then that confidence kind of, you know, spills over to, to me, you know, I'm always somebody that struggled with my confidence and self-esteem. So, um, you know, her affirmations and the way she goes about doing her business and living her life, it really helps me to be confident in my path and I can be, you know, tired. I can be frustrated. I can be, you know, feeling on top of the world, like those, all those range of emotions and she understands and she's, you know, with me riding through it, no matter uh, what I may be experiencing. You know what's amazing? That's outstanding, Darren. And uh, I, I'm sure I'm going to get to see plenty of Kelsey again this season, maybe with you sitting courtside again, going nuts as she finishes an and one and comes up <laughs> celebrating. Um, yep. We know yep, for sure. We know the aces are the favorites again to, uh, to repeat. Um, just one thing that's amazing about your story, and I don't know if our audience knows, but how you were discovered by the Raiders because you're a six round draft pick of the Ravens and you are warming up as the story goes with the practice squad. And John Gruden tells the story of him. He sees you warming up as a practice squad player at the Ravens. And he's like, Whoa, I want that guy. And then signed you off of Baltimore's practice squad. That is that how it went down? Like, was it really, whoa, why is that guy in a practice squad? Let's get him in here because then you end up having this outstanding career. Yeah, that was literally the case. Um, because <laughs> there was, uh, you know, I feel like I really honed in on like my work ethic being on the practice squad with the Ravens because it was like, I mean, taxing days, the number of reps and on special teams and just on offense, taking every play against the defense. So I was really just 
in another zone with my as far as my work ethic and then it was before the games who weren't playing so it was like all right let's get some more extra reps in it was me and this other receiver named jordan lasley we would go out there with rg3 he would throw to us and uh and that day rg3 was throwing to us and i was just like oh this is just another sunday workout you know and leading up to that week i had a great attitude about like you know like whenever my chance comes like I'm not in control of it. You know, I'm controlling what I can control. But leading up to that game, that Sunday, I was like, man, it's been 10, almost 11 weeks into that season. Only five, six more games left. Like, man, I might not get another shot, like, ever again to play. And uh, But I just went out there that Sunday and was like, whatever, I'm just going to get my work in. And then the next day, I was at, a, like, a collision repair shop. I got my mirror knocked off of my Jeep. And uh, <laughs> so I'm just sitting there, and I get a call from my agent. It was like, uh, you need to pack your stuff. You're going to the Raiders. They claimed you on the active roster like yesterday as they were flying back to Oakland. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, I was just like in disbelief, honestly. Like, <laughs> like they were what they're like, they said they were watching you warm up and running around. And, and, um, the tight end coach, uh, Frank Smith, who's actually one of my good friends now, and he was a groomsman at my wedding. He had been, he was in Chicago and was trying to, uh, get the team to trade for me when I, when he was in Chicago. And then he was like, they were like, yeah, who's this Darren Wall guy? And he was like, I was telling y'all about him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you about him at the beginning of the season. Uh, but yeah, signed him. And then, uh, you know, from there, I was there the last six games and, you know, got to learn from Jared Cook. He was a pro bowler that year and just kind of get my reps in there and get to know the guys in that room. And then that next year I was starting and then things just kind of took off from there. That's amazing. It's an amazing story, Darren, and you've built an awesome career. You're doing great stuff with the Darren Waller Foundation, and uh, we're also so excited for your podcast as well, man, and, and CeCe's episode on it, Comeback Stories podcast with Darren Waller. Darren, welcome to New York. Great to have you with the Giants. Sorry to your Raiders, C. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure I'll see you courtside at a W game sometime this summer. Yes, you will. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. Yes, sir. Good luck, bro. We'll see you soon. We'll see. Love that conversation. Love the addition for the Giants. And this is a guy who I saw at so many games last year rooting on the Las Vegas Aces. Didn't know he was the soon-to-be husband of Kelsey Plum. Knew they were close, but I didn't realize that close. But I, I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with the Giants this year, man. No, I'm telling you, man, this is it's going to be huge for the offense. Getting Saquon back. You got Sterling Shepard for another year. Um, and I, I honestly think this is going to help Daniel Jones so much, man. It's going to be huge for for uh, the city of New York. I think, you know, this puts them right in the conversation. Um in the East, right there with you know the 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 Eagles and the Cowboys and everybody else in that division. So um, him coming there and, and being a leader is going to change everything. I think we appreciate Darren coming on. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. You can follow us on all all of our social media channels. We have a lot of great guests coming up too, including shortly we're going to have on uh, another really big receiving threat uh, in the NFL. Uh, we have some great baseball guests coming on with the start of the season. Obviously, next week we'll get you ready for opening day. Um, and we'll continue to track everything going on with March Madness. See, continue to enjoy the games, man. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.